All right, if you'll turn back to James chapter 1, we'll get started. Last week, anybody remember what we talked about last week? Somebody said anger? Okay. What else? How to handle conflict. That was actually our title, How to Handle Conflicts in Confines of Relationships. We talked about that and... um, what else? Anybody? What, what hits you? What do you remember? Swift to hear. So quick to hear in our conflicts. We found out we listen with our ears, but we also listen with our eyes. Good, Blake. All right. Those two donuts got you woke up now, right? All right. So we listen with our eyes as well. Do you remember? Anybody remember? And these were, I wouldn't expect you necessarily to recall them out unless you have them in your notes. Adrian Rogers gave us four things to help us in, in the midst of hearing well. Anybody remember those? Man, right off your top of your head. I love it. Yes. So each one of those has uh, certainly uh, meaning in terms of listening. Let me ask you, let's, let's just get real here. Besides me just standing up here and talking and me studying all week or what have you, Brian or Rex or Todd or whoever teaches... Let me ask you this. Did you think, and be honest, I mean, just us here. uh, Did anybody think about listening better this week? Getting any conversations this week where you kind of caught yourself? I had a, I see some of you say, yeah, I had a, actually it was just a few nights ago, and Amy was talking. Actually, let me admit to you, it was Thursday night. Anybody have any idea what I was doing Thursday night? Yeah. I got home about 8 o'clock, you know, I had it on, uh, T-voted, and Amy began to tell me about, Blake had some some tests this week, and we were talking, and I was zoning out, and all of a sudden it hit me, you're not listening with your eyes, because I was watching the TV, but I was listening, right? I was hearing. I really wasn't listening well. Uh, So it caught me too. So I'm working on this, and, and James keeps drilling me with this over and over again, I guess the Holy Spirit does. Let's jump right in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let, let, me, let me tell you what my goal is today. So maybe that will help all of us, at least. You may get something else out of it, but this is my goal. I wrote this down um, this morning, early this morning, uh, after reading through my lesson a couple more times and stuff. And So here's the thought. What is the goal of today's lesson in James 1? To understand we Christians have... The implanted word, we're going to get to that this morning. We didn't get to that last week. We have the implanted word uh, inside of us, within us, if we're Christians. Listen to this, to change us, okay? Christians have the implanted word to change us. It's a change agent. We allow this word to impact us more as we yield to God by being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Let God, the great gardener, okay, in this case, not remember I've taught a lesson on the great eagle. I mean, God takes a form many times in the Bible. We read all this, but in this case, he's the great gardener and he's tilling up our lives and pointing out things to us with the word, with the word. So we hear the word. Some of you, a number of you raised your hands. You thought about it this week. So the word of God impacts us if we allow it and therefore it changes us. So that's, that's really the goal today is to understand that 
Quick to listen is not just a verse. Quick, quick to hear is not, uh, uh, excuse me, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger is not just a verse in the Bible. It's a changing agent if we allow it to be. If we just read it and we don't live it, Letitia, then it's not a changing agent. It doesn't change us at all. If we understand it and therefore what they teach our kids in school now is applied learning, right? And Sunday school teachers for years now, the Alan Taylors of the world, which he's one of the best in the world in my opinion, and he's very well renowned and we have him here at Woodstock. A lot of the other Sunday school uh, professors, doctors, uh, all those good things, they say that applied learning is the best way. So they like classes where you split up into groups and you all talk and not me doing all the talking. And, and there's definitely something to that where you take something home. So the implanted word is an applied learning thing. So why am I saying all this? Because we're talking about how to handle conflicts. I want you to hold that thought. We're going to finish today back in front of how we handle conflicts and relationships and friendships and within our marriages and within our uh, uh, brothers and sisters and stuff like that. But I want to tell you what God laid open before me this week about this same exact scripture. You, you know, how many of you have ever read the scripture, taught something or used something, and then you came back and you read it again and it said something totally different? Totally different. You were in a totally different mind frame and it said, one time it said black and the other time it said white. You know, I mean, something like that. I want to at least cover this, this goal today that I have about the implanted word. So join me, if you will, in James chapter 1. And I'm going to read a little bit more than we did last week so you'll get the flavor here. I want you to, I want you to listen here. And then we're going to go back to conflict. So don't, I'm not leaving that. But let's uh, dial in here. James chapter 1, verse 18. Say amen if you're with me. All right, here we go. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word. Let me pause. Every time I refer to the word of God in this scripture that I'm about to read, just underline it if you have a pen. Let's count them, okay, at the end here and see how many times James refers back to God's precious word. All right, here we go again. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, comma, okay, so then, verse 19, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save yours and my soul, souls. But be, famous verse, but be doers of the what? Word. There it is again. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the, listen, perfect law of liberty, the word, okay, and continues in it is, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Almost done here. Hang with me. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. 
Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Okay? There is a lot there. There's a lot there, and we, we won't cover all of them, but I want to get to a point here. How many times did you hear references to the word? Anybody? Five times. Five times. Okay, four words and then a reference to the word, talking about the mirror. Um, I wrote down, we count five times here. So here's something I realized in the paragraphs. If we were to call them paragraphs, and by the way, that's how they were written. Y'all do know that, right? They weren't numbered. James didn't number them. He just wrote to us a letter. Um, I like reading them in that form, if I can find the translations and just read into that form. A real, real popular text, and I'm not going to go into the, to the what fors. It's not theologically, we're not getting there, but the message. Anybody read from the message? Okay. Uh, very popular, and I'm going to read something, if I get a chance there, from the message. Uh, and, and read this translation. But something I realized in these paragraphs is that James calls our attention back to the Word. So, right? We go back to last week. We all got, be quick to listen, within our conflicts. I was teaching within conflicts, how to handle conflicts within a marriage or whatever. We all got, be slow to speak. We'll talk about this morning in detail. And then slow to anger. And most of us know slow to anger. We know that doesn't produce the righteousness of God, as the next verse says. But, you know, I was teaching on conflicts, Rex, in the context of reading that scripture. So it was almost like I just plucked that verse out and started in my mind's eye. And I found many. Charles Stanley, Adrian Rogers, I could name on, Henry, uh, uh, the Henry commentaries, all this stuff, Matthew Henry, uh, that did the same thing I did. They went to a conflict and they talked about life, why we should be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. But in the context of James' word, his paragraph, his letter, listen to him in verse 19 again. We read 18. <coughs> we read 18. <coughs> Darren, you gave it to me, didn't you? Came up here and touched me. <coughs> in verse 19, did you notice he starts that off with, so then? Do you see that? Some of you English <laughs> professors, which I am not one. I is not one. My wife is. So then. What do you mean, so then? What does that refer to? So then. I mean, none of us start our, our language with, so then uh, I was walking down the street. Well, if I start that way, there was something I said prior, right, that you need to know. So let, let's just go back. Did y'all see that in 19? And I didn't catch that. The week before last, I was reading through this several times. Thank you so much. Thank you. He who gives a cup of water in his name. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be pretty cool if I just switched there and went to another lesson, wouldn't it? Um, so then, listen to 18 again. Let's go back. I wrote in my Bible, so then means we refer back. Some of you I've lost, I know right now, I'm going to hope, hopefully get you found, as we say in the South, get you found. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So he refers back to that verse. Did you know the word of God is the reason you're saved? Think about it. 
Now, I know what you would say, and I would say this too. The Holy Spirit told me I was lost. Do you remember that day? Some of us prayed so many sinners' prayers, we don't remember the day. I know, I know that that's what preachers like to indicate, that you've got to know the day you came down to the front, and it better be written down in your black Bible, or you're lost. Well, that's not exactly the case, because some of us, and I'm including us, me, in that, were ignorant of spiritual things. So we prayed the sinner's prayer, and we meant every bit of it, and we were saved, based on what I read in the Scripture. But we were ignorant in the fact that we just kept feeling guilt, you know, for the sin that was there. So we just kept, we just kept praying. We just kept asking God to save us, you know, until we finally became uh, a little wiser because someone pulled us aside and taught us the Word of God, or we got into church, which is why it's important forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We shouldn't do that. We need to come and learn. So when James lays this out, he says the word of truth is the reason we were saved. If you keep reading this, you heard word, word, word all the way through there. So I'm telling you that actually James is asking us this question. Listen to me. I'm going to get back to conflicts, I promise you. Can I tell you what I think he's trying to answer with quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger? And we can apply it to conflicts, and we will this morning, and it will do us good. But James is answering the following question, based on my reading this week. What will assure maximum impact of the Word of God? Now, just think about that. If James would have started his question, he didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't lead him. If he would have said, I'm going to give you some stuff that will give you maximum impact when you read the Word of God. But if you don't do these things, you won't have maximum impact of the word. You'll have, you know, uh, something will just blow right over you and you'll forget about it. But if you want maximum impact, in other words, you want change in your life as a non-Christian to a Christian. If you want change, here's something you ought to do. Now apply that scripture. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. And you will have maximum impact. Now, what if it read that way? And that's kind of, I started reading some of the translations. Turn with me briefly to 1 Peter 1.23. If you'll just dial to the right, you'll be on Peter. 1 Peter 1.23. We're just going to read one verse. I just want you to hear it in another rendering here. 1 Peter 1.23 says this. Having been, Jimmy Carter made this famous, born again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, watch this, through the what? The word of God, which lives and abides forever. I'm read it again quickly. Having been born again, not corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. James is telling us, Peter's telling us, and Lordy, we could find many, many more that are telling us, that the word of God is an instrument of change. But again, the question, what will assure maximum impact? What will assure maximum impact? The word of God can change us and make necessary changes. In other words, guys, it's a tool of the believer to see the reflection and then make the change. How do I know that? Look at what James says in 23. For if any, back to 123, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Stop. Listen to me. This morning, hopefully, most of you 
Most of you went to a mirror and looked at yourself in the mirror before you left. And you fixed your hair and brushed your teeth, I hope. But listen, what if you, right before you left, ladies, you found that you had gone outside of your lips with dark lipstick? Okay? And James, in this example, says the Bible is like that mirror. You look at it, and it tells you something. I'm going to refer back to what we've been studying. And guess what, Wesley? You're not, uh, you're not listening. You're talking instead of listening. The Word of God is being preached, and you're not paying attention. You're talking instead of listening. You just walked away with, let me use someone else, with lipstick on your face outside the lines. It's like a little boy going into the mirror and having chocolate chip cookies all over his face and not washing it off and going right out to school. Now make that an adult. It's like having dirt on your face and looking into the mirror and you don't even bother to pick up the rag and wet it and soap it and wash your face. You go out into public with dirt on your face. That, now I know we laugh. You don't do that. You don't do that. Listen to James. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, you notice he comes back to being a listener. Anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets about what kind of man he was. I've given you many examples already. Here it is. Thou shalt not, you should not do this, you should do this. The preaching of the word, the Holy Spirit gets in, begins to change you, and you know what you do? You take this and you say, okay, I got it, I got it. And you lay it down and you go do exact opposite of what the word of God just told you to do as a Christian. There's no change, Wesley. There's no change. There's no change, Chris. That's what James is talking about. That's why he says, if you want to get it right, you better be a quick listener. You better shut your mouth and listen. He didn't say never talk, but you need to be quiet. And by the way, don't lose your temper because when you lose your temper, you can't do anything that the Bible says because you are tripping over yourself. You've got emotionally uh, lost in that. What else did I have here? It's a tool. It's a, we call it in the, in the Baptist church a lot. It's the sanctification process, Tony. It's today you might not be the Christian you will be 20 years from now because over and over and over and over again, you've looked into the perfect law of liberty. You've, you've transitioned from who you used to be. Our pastor calls it the old man. And now you're the new man. You're the new woman. That's what James was meaning when he went back and said that. So I, I, I close with this to get back to conflicts. So if this is right, if I happen to be right on, on translation of James and why he gave us this letter and why he gave us that, that scripture that so many people try to live by, if I'm right, quick to listen means to have an attentive ear. Attentive ear. Jeff, give us an example. We're all going to go in and hear Pastor Johnny speak, preach, teach in just a little while. And some of us are going to, watch this, listen attentively. I can look around and tell those that are ready to listen attentively. You know how I know? It, young or old doesn't matter. Young or old doesn't matter. I see people taking notes. I see people 
focused, at least from what I can tell. They're, they're looking, they're watching, they're listening with their eyes and their actions. But did you know you can actually listen and not hear a thing that is being said? I've done it, I know. You can watch somebody in service, which would mean I'm not listening. And if you watch people, you can tell, as I'm teaching this morning, who came to be attentive, or if I've gotten your attention to listen, versus right now you're thinking about, man, did I leave the microwave or the, you know, is the curling iron on? Or all, listen, let's be real, all the troubles you have. Why did the guy in Georgia, why did he catch the ball last night? I mean, come on. Just knock the ball down and live to play another day. I don't know, you know, just the things that go through our minds. If the word is to have, remember this question, if the word is to have impact, there must be an eagerness to listen. Have any of you ever been in a church service or under a teacher that's Holy Ghost inspired and you could not wait to get back to the house of God? When I was growing up, we, Brian and I and several of us went to a church where the Holy Spirit many times, guys, I'm not making this up, you could feel his presence when you walked through the door. I know I have the Holy Spirit in me. The Bible teaches me that. But I'm telling you, I could feel the amp up of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a made up thing. It wasn't, we're going to sing until everybody falls out in here in the Spirit. I mean, that, that wasn't what it was about. It was you could feel the changing agent of the Holy Spirit. When the music was being sung and the preaching was happening, and there were a few times, more than a few, that I would get engaged on a, on a, on a preacher, and then I would say, man, I can't wait to go back to hear what he has to say tonight. Maybe it was, for me, what, what lights my fire, prophecy. Maybe it was prophecy, or for some of you it was, uh, but when you're really that, that's that attentive ear. You're ready to listen. You're eager to listen. Y'all got me? We're going to transpose this over back to our relationships. Remember this. Attitude precedes actions. Attitude. What is your attitude this morning towards the Word of God? It's entirely possible to hear physically and not understand because you have zero eagerness to listen. In other words... You showed up this morning, congratulations, God will give you a silver star, I'm sure. You showed up, but you didn't come with the eagerness to hear. You know what blows me away? It's got a great deal of responsibility. I don't think pastor's wife's not here this morning, otherwise known as Miss Janet. But it amazes me the drive that our pastor has to preach the word, to get up at four thirty, five o'clock, you know, in the morning and read for hours. And he has a passion. God has given him a passion for that. But you know how easy that would be to let go and just get right into the world? And I'm not talking about worldly stuff like we think of worldly stuff, fleshy stuff. I'm talking about just, you know what, I'm gonna sleep in till nine this morning. I'm gonna have my coffee. I'm gonna watch some sports center. I'm gonna, you know, have coffee on the back deck. Nothing wrong with those things, but he could get out of the practice of being eager to be attentive to the word of God. And if he did, think about the thousands that would suffer. You can tell when a person's eager to listen. Last question as we flip to conflicts. Do you have an attentive heart to hear what God says in his word? Do you? Do I? 
Are we attentive? I know I'm not all the time. I can tell you that. I'm not attentive all the time to be a list. I, I listen, but I don't hear everything. So let's dive back into conflict, shall we? Back into conflicts. Did you realize that the crown jewel of God's creation is who? Us. He created everything that he created, but he called us the crown jewel, God's creation. Let me read to you. Let me just grab this because I think I won't read it all because it's too long. But some of you said, if I can get it to pick up in here, some of you said you may even have in your hand the message. Um, Let me see if I can get that to pull up in here. I'll just read it to you because it. I read it over this morning. Here we go. Listen to this. This is reading the exact same scripture I just read to you. So, my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Listen now. Don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading cascading down from the Father of light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word. There it is, right? Showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. Listen closely. 19. Post that at all the intersections, dear friends, lead with... I love this. This is, this is not quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's what we... Listen to this translation. Post this, he says, at all the intersections, dear friends. <clears throat> lead with your ears, comma. Follow up with your tongue, comma. And let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let let our gardener, there it is, God, landscape you with the word. Making a salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. The message. That's a translation, another translation, a newer translation, if you will, of the Bible. What we just read this morning, the same thing. It might speak to you a little bit differently uh, than, than what I've done so far. Listen, I wrote this down. We're God's crown jewels. You agree with me? Let me, can I just prove it to you? Turn to Genesis 1, real quick, real quick. We'll close this thing out in just a minute. I got, I got about... Seven or eight minutes. All right. Genesis 1. Y'all know all these anyway, even if you don't turn. Genesis 1, 26. Watch this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Isn't it amazing 
We read in James, and I'll, I'll read it to you if you want, but we read in James that the tongue cannot be tamed. Chapter 3, verse 8. The tongue cannot be tamed. But yet God tells us in the scripture right here that we are over, in charge of, responsible for the lion, the elephant. Watch this. The rivers. Man actually, not in every situation, man and woman actually control the animals. Respons when I say control, we can have times where we control the animals. It's, it's a fact. I mean, we, we have zoos. We, have, we, we, we monitor. I mean, back in the, for us hunters, back in the early 70s, late 70s, almost zero deer here, almost zero turkeys here. How many are there now? <laughs> a lot, a lot. My wife comes home almost every week and says, there's another deer laying out on Sixers Road. But, uh, you know, there are animals. We have, the reason for that is we manage them. Now watch this. You might not have thought about this. Do you know we harvest and, and take in and, and, and come up with ideas for windstorms? We create windmills that turn into what? Energy. We, we, we get all of these things. We take storms. We take rivers and dam them up and use them for power. Okay? But yet, James says that little thing behind the ivory bars, we have no control over. The tongue. Being slow to speak. So I wrote this down. He's made, we're made in his image. He has the very breath of God in him that came into us. That's Genesis 2-7. He breathed into us. He has the unique ability to speak audibly with language formed in man does with his tongue. Most animals don't do that. I know you got a few that do talk. Um, birds. We can train them to talk or at least sound like they're talking. He has dominion over the creatures. And I, and I just mentioned to you why mankind... And what all he controls, and yet he can't control his tongue. Here, here's the rendering since we're short on time. James says in 3.8 that the tongue cannot be tamed. So after reading commentary on slow to speak, here's my opinion of that scripture. I did think and do still think it's a good rendering to say that this means think before you speak. I agree with that. Be slow to speak. But you know, the more I studied that and I read that message that I just read to you, where it says lead with the ears and then the tongue follows back the speech, I think it actually, Mark, means be reluctant to speak. Okay, now, I'm not saying in an argument, in a conflict, just think about it. If you lead with your ears and listen first, and you're a good listener, we're off of listening now, but if you do that, guys, be careful what you say. Be careful. I think James is saying be reluctant. Now, you understand I gave you a different rendering this morning. I don't think James is talking about conflicts necessarily. I think he's talking about the Word of God. You want the impact of the Word of God? Be slow to speak, quick to listen, uh, 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 slow to anger, and slow to speak. That's what he was talking about. But we're using it in another context here, okay? I'm saying when you're in a conflict, listen good, be well listener. We talked about all that. Don't overspeak. Don't overspeak. Jump in Proverbs as we close here. Jump in Proverbs. 
Man, you, James rattles us around and then all of a sudden I lead to Proverbs. And just watch this. I only picked, I think I picked five. Just watch this real quick. If you're not with me, just listen. Be a good listener of crying out loud. Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 10, 19. If you're taking notes, I can give you this if you want to see me after class. Proverbs 10, 19, because I'm going to go fast. Think about talking too much. Be reluctant to speak. Listen well, and don't be angry. We all know the angry one. Listen to what Proverbs says. In the multitudes of words, sin is not lacking. Y'all get that? But he who restrains his lips is what? Wise. He who restrains. In other words, can I say it in the 2013 almost English language? Don't speak before you think about it. Ponder it before you speak. Look at Proverbs 17.27. Maybe James had an insight here. 17.27 says this, He who has knowledge spares his words. There's that thought, Mark, I was saying. Be reluctant to speak. Now, we have to speak at times. Don't get in an argument with your spouse today and say the Sunday school teacher said the Bible said not to talk. And I'm not going to say anything. I didn't say that. And the word of God doesn't say that. I said be reluctant to speak before you listen well. Encourage your partner as you listen well. He who has knowledge spares his words and a man of understanding is of calm spirit. That goes to anger. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. Turn one, ch- one to 18, and I'm, I'm concluding here so you guys can get the care groups. 18-2. <clears throat> a fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. You say, a fool expresses himself. You know, like the old song, I'm not going to try to sing it, but it's, you know, salt and pepper or whoever it was. Express yourself, is that who it was? Who was it? Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I don't know. Express, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three. I sing bass in the choir, so it's hard for me to go that high. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. I definitely want to end on one, so you guys got to stay with me. Now, listen. This this is the one that's going to hit you. We're going to leave anger alone, and we're going to move on and uh, go into something else next week. Um, you got to hear this one though. You may have read this before. You have read this, but you might not have thought about it too much. Matthew 12. Listen. Matthew 12. 34. Talking to the Pharisees. Jesus himself. This is when it gets scary, guys. A little scary to me. A big talker. 1234. You brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. Listen closely and we close here. But I say to you, Jesus, I say to you that for every idle word men and women may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. In the context of your arguing, 
Love should control your language. If you love, you won't use bad words towards your mate or your children because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If your mouth speaks, or as daddy used to say, your mouth writes a check that your butt can't cash. Anybody ever heard that one? Love should control our language. What a guidance that scripture is. No person made you in your relationship the judge, the jury, and yes, the executioner. If that's happening as your Sunday school teacher, I'm asking you to quit doing that. In the name of Jesus, use 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and build your mate up and use kind words, even when you think they're wrong. Be slow to speak and slow to anger. Let's dismiss. Father, thank you for the class attentiveness and allowing me to work out my study and my issues with speaking too much. God, I pray that like last week that I would ponder the scripture that James used and as the question that I got this week was, what impact does the word of God have on us if we're quick to talk and slow to listen, which is opposite of what James has told us to be? God, would you please be with the care groups as they minister? Please be with those that couldn't make it today that are sick or that are celebrating the Alabama victory. God, I pray that you would touch their hearts. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being a humorous God. We thank you for the attentiveness this morning. God, help us to be ready to receive whatever our pastor brings our way this morning. Help me to be ready to hear the music, Lord, that would praise you and honor you and just get the message ready this morning to just till away as you're the great gardener, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.